After your baby, your body will begin to return to a pre-pregnancy state. This includes postpartum bleeding immediately after birth and then a postpartum period, which could be weeks or years away. How do you know what to expect and what is normal for your body? Today, we're talking about what to expect with those first few periods after pregnancy. This is Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here. So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. She doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group guiding new mothers through their baby's first year. I'm your host, Kristen Stratton, certified birth doula, postpartum doula, and owner of Indue Season Doula Services. If you haven't already, be sure to visit our website at newmommymedia.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter to learn when new episodes are released. You can also subscribe to our show through iTunes and listen on the go through our Newbies app. Sunny's here to tell us all about other ways you can participate in our show. So we have some big changes here at Newbies. That really I'm big so changes. Excited. I know, it's huge. Okay, so for those of you who've been listening since the beginning, uh, you know, we typically record all of our shows in San Diego, and it's more of like a, a studio type of environment. We're all sitting around a table, and we're all kind of chatting. And we've always brought people in on Skype and, uh, I don't know, through the phone and stuff like that. So we have totally switch stuff up. And this is actually the first episode that we're recording for newbies with the new show format. And that is that everyone is joining from their own personal computer. So I think most of us here today that are going to be part of the conversation are joining from our home. I know today I, it was pretty easy. I just kind of was able to roll out of bed and grab some coffee and go to my computer as opposed to going to a studio environment. So it was really nice. So what does this mean for you guys? This means that no matter where you're at in the country, honestly, no matter where you're at in the world, as long as you have have a few little pieces of equipment that you need, which is basically a computer um, and and a good, uh, strong internet connection, you can join our conversation. So it kind of puts all of us on a level playing field, if you will. So no more just, you know, San Diego people and all of that. Um, It's more about let's connect with as many parents and experts as we can, because when we do that, we all have these different experiences that we can share. And I think it's going to make for some real exciting conversations. And uh, I'm really excited to be able to connect with you guys. So if you're interested and being part of our shows, uh, the best way to get involved is to head on over to our website at newmommymedia.com. And there's information on the website. You can click some banners and I'm going to put some new stuff up there where it's real easy to basically apply to be either an expert or a parent on our shows and to contribute to these conversations. So once we get your application, it's really helpful for our producers to kind of know a little bit more about everyone that wants to participate in the shows. And then uh, we can email you when topics become available that we think you'd be a good fit for. The other thing is you can join our closed Facebook group um, where we post all of our uh, recording times and topics. So you can contact us, we can contact you, and together we'll get you guys on a future episode. So it's real exciting. And um, we've got some new people joining us today, which I know we're going to go into introductions now. Um, And uh, we're just able to do this now. It's really cool. All right, let's go ahead and meet our panelists. Um, We're going to have you guys introduce yourselves. Uh, Why don't we start with Jenny? I'm 25. I'm from Ontario, Canada, and I have a mommy blog over at mommywearsheels.com, and I have one baby, and she's 18 months old. How about you, Graham? Hi, I'm Graham Seabrook. I am 30-something years old, 
and <laughs> I have I like two that. kids. My oldest is two and a half and my youngest is four months old and she is fabulous and wonderful. I'm also a mommy blogger over at honestlymamag.blogspot.com. Welcome to the show. All right. So before we kick off today's show, there is a brand new app that just came out, like literally as of the time of this recording, I think it came out like two or three days ago. And usually I'm not that up on <laughs> new app releases. So I felt the need to get that in there. And it's from a company called Glow. If you guys are familiar with Glow, they do other apps and a lot of their stuff focuses on fertility, ovulation, uh, menstruation, which is why I thought it would be good to talk about it in today's episode. Um, and now they're, they're breaking into caring for baby. And so they have a brand new app. It's called Glow Baby. It is available in the iTunes store and possibly Android. If they're not there, I'm sure they're going to go there soon. And so what it is, it's, it's, it's a basically it's a baby uh, tracking app. And you could track a bunch of different things with your baby. Obviously, you got to enter some information about when your baby was born. But it has some really cool things on it. You can track the feeds, you know, when your baby last fed, when your baby uh, slept, diaper changes. Um, there is a section on here for there's a community section. So if you want to connect with other parents, since this is just a brand new app right now, I did notice that a lot of it isn't real in-depth conversation. It's like, oh, I just had my baby. Isn't this a pretty baby photo? But hopefully that will, you know, turn into something there. Um, you can set some alerts on your phone. Um, there are a lot of baby tracking apps out there. And the thing that I thought set this apart from other apps is the simplicity of it. First of all, uh, it's got a great user interface. Um, and I'm not usually a huge proponent of apps that do a million things because then I've got to really go deep and search in the app for what I want. But this one, it's very intuitive. There's a lot of like swiping on the screen to get to the next screen. It has some fun colors. It makes me happy. This app makes me happy to play around with it, which when you've got little kids, you need to be happy. And the, the another thing that I really liked is there's a lot of timers on this app. So for example, um, when you're talking about uh, sleep for your baby, a lot of apps have you enter in, okay, here was the start time and you've got to like enter 8.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. And it's kind of a pain. But with this app, you do have the option of doing that or you can simply hit this little play button and it will start recording. So like I go down and I, you know, lay my, my twins down for their nap and I'm like, okay, I don't feel like entering a bunch of numbers. So boom, now the, the nap starts. And then I hear my baby's cry an hour later and I'm like, boom, now, you know, the nap stops and it automatically enters those times for you. And it is something that you don't have to stay on the screen. It will work in the background. I just like the simplicity of this because I like things that I can just like hit and make it work as opposed to like entering a bunch of numbers and stuff. So that was one thing that I saw on this that I really liked. There are some other things, you know, there's summary charts on here. I think there's growth charts on here. It, it does a lot of cool stuff. But if you're looking for something out there, it's brand new. Like I said, the company does have a history of doing these types of apps and doing them well. Uh, it's free, which is really nice for new parents who are, you know, spending money on a lot of different new things. So anyways, real quickly, just kind of wanted to go around and get your guys' opinions on this. This is something you think you might use. Uh, Kristen, let's start with you. Oh, I think that's an incredible app. 
I mean, there's so many things that you have to try to remember those months with baby, especially when baby's brand new. So just to have an easy way to track that and not have to worry about like, oh, where's my pen? Where's my paper? Write that down. Because for some of us, especially us type A personalities, we really like to track stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm not speaking from personal experience at all. Uh, (laughs) um, So yeah, no, I like, I love the convenience factor. I love that in this day and age when we have these kind of apps, especially free apps, you know, we have the opportunity to track this kind of stuff without having to stress about it. We can do it on the go. And yeah, no, I would definitely use it if I ever had another child or would have used it had it been available when I had my babies. So yeah, no, I think it's cool. Yeah, and we definitely want to check in with Jenny because uh, Jenny has used a Glow app in the past. Obviously not this one. It just came out. But um, you used one to get pregnant. Jenny, tell us about that. Yeah, um, I used – I forget what it was called. It was something where you could track your your cycles and have sex on the right days. But I'm convinced it helped because we got pregnant within like two months with Anastasia. So, yeah, it was a really great interface. It was really easy to use. It wasn't complicated. I had downloaded like five of them, and I was like, oh, I can't figure any of these out. And finally, I found the glow one, and I was like, this is awesome. So, yeah, next baby for sure. Awesome. And Graham, any thoughts on this? I think that that would be wonderful. My daughter is right in the middle of kind of consolidating into naps right now. And so I have just pieces of paper scattered all over my house with like a date up at the top and, you know, fell asleep at whatever and woke up at whatever. If it could just be in my phone, because my phone is never not in my hand. (laughs) And what you were saying about being able to swipe and not have to just type in everything. If I could just hit a button, hey, she woke up. That sounds amazing. Like, I want this right now. (laughs) That's what I thought, too, because I just don't like entering all the little details, especially I don't know if you guys like when you're typing on your phone and stuff like I just inevitably hit the wrong buttons. So something that's just like, yes, start. Yes, stop. That's what I need. So, yeah, absolutely. Very intuitive. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and put this on our website. So if you guys want to check out the links and learn a little bit more about it, you can do so. We'll post it on our social media sites as well. Uh, Again, it is called Glow Baby. Just came out available um, at at least with uh, the iTunes Marketplace and probably in in more places soon. And it's free. Who doesn't love free? We love free. Today on Newbies, we're discussing postpartum bleeding and the first postpartum period. Our expert is Christy Lewis, a licensed midwife, certified homeopath, and an energy worker who owns and operates Milagros Midwifery in Fallbrook, California. Thank you for joining us, Christy, and welcome to the show. Christy, can you explain what postpartum bleeding is? Postpartum bleeding is that very first um, bleeding that we experience immediately after we give birth to our babies and our placentas. It is kind of similar to having a period, and it's kind of not. The similar part is that our bodies are removing in that postpartum bleeding all the stuff that we don't need to carry a pregnancy anymore. The lining of the uterus, maybe a bit of the the blood that comes from the placenta detaching from the wall of the uterus and that type of thing. It also serves the function of healing. I always tell um, my moms in my care that when we deliver our placentas, we are left with a wound in our uterus the size of that placenta. And it's harder for us to kind of be aware of that because it's inside us and we don't see it all the time. So that postpartum bleeding is also very rich in white blood cells and trying to heal up 
as in a wound, what's left over after the placenta detaches. And this whole process together is called lochia. And that's the, the medical term that we use for it. How long does lochia last and does it differ for women who have had a vaginal birth versus a cesarean birth? That's a really good question. And in my experience, it typically is not very different. In both a cesarean birth and a vaginal birth, we still have our placentas that come off the uterine wall. Our uteruses are still trying to um, shrink down to the size they were before we got pregnant. And so the process is actually very similar. Now, how long that postpartum bleeding lasts is very individual for every woman. Even if women have had a cesarean birth versus a vaginal birth, you know, the, the length of time that it takes to heal from the birth process is going to be very individual to every woman. So, you know, sometimes women experience bleeding for one week after the birth, and sometimes it does take that six weeks for your body to heal up. And what should a woman expect as far as color, quantity, smell? So typically in postpartum bleeding, it is going to be different than having a period. So right after the birth, for the first couple of days after the birth, it's going to be bright red, as you would expect from, you know, having a fresh wound. So I tell moms that that type of bleeding, though, should never be more than maybe a pad an hour. If you're having typical bleeding in those first couple of days after the birth that fills a pad an hour or more, then that's an abnormal sign of bleeding. But usually it's a lot less than that. And then in the days that follow, that bleeding is typically going to be less and less. And so it's going to change color from that bright red to maybe a light pink or a brownish. And then it's going to change um, in the next couple of weeks to a yellow and to then to clear and then eventually fade away. As far as the smell of it, it's going to be very different. And I don't know if I can explain it. If you've never smelled it, it's, it's completely unique into itself. It should not smell, however, like it's an infection kind of smell. It's going to smell strong. It's going to smell really earthy and, and a very woman smell, but it should never smell like an infection should smell. So, Panelists, what was your experience with postpartum bleeding? Let's start with Jenny. Um, I had a C-section and I didn't think that I was going to bleed as much as somebody that had a vaginal birth. I don't know why that was naive because it was bad. But yeah, I just, I bled for the full six weeks and then it just kind of tapered off and it was fine. And what about you, Graham? I have now had two C-sections. And the first time, I don't know if it was because it was an emergency C-section and I was really sick. Um, I had preeclampsia. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But I feel like there was way more bleeding the first one than the second one. That could just be, you know, every pregnancy is different. So it, it could have just been that as well. But yeah, the first one, I remember it being almost two months, like to the point where I called my doctor and, and was like, okay, are you sure this is still supposed to be happening? And um, I went in and she checked me out and everything was perfectly normal and fine and regular. It was That was just what was going on with me. And then this last time, it was really quick that it stopped. I feel like it was man, I'm still in the sleep deprivation phase. <laughs> so I can't tell you exactly. But it was about a month. It was it was pretty short. And it was heavy the first like two weeks and then tapered off really, really quickly, which I'm very grateful for. That makes life a little bit easier. So it's usually the advice usually given to women um, after the birth is that 
you should be aware of how much you're bleeding. And the general rule is it should be less every day. So like I mentioned before, you should be soaking no more than one pad an hour. If you're soaking a pad more frequently than that, you should talk to your medical care provider. Also, if you're passing clots after the first 24 hours. Now, clots are common in the first 24 hours after um, the birth, and no one really warns anyone about that because they can be a very weird experience to pass. Um, but they should be fairly small, you know, the size of a quarter, even a little larger. But if they're, you know, a little larger than that, um, after the first 24 hours, and that would be a sign of concern as well. Also, especially in our um, in the United States, it's very, very hard for women to slow down enough. You know, our postpartum period is, we consider it 40 to 42 days after the birth. And really that's the time period that it takes. It takes that full six weeks for our bodies to heal fully from the birth. And within the span of a couple weeks, you know, women want to get up, they want to help their other children, they want to go shopping, they want to do something. And really that can also aggravate your bleeding. And so if you are in that six weeks doing too much, you will also start to bleed more again. And so that is a sign that you need to listen to your body to truly just slow down, take a deep breath, and remember that you are still healing. And it, this is a special time that we just need to take the time to just for ourselves to recuperate so that we can go back into the world after that's over. And what pads do you recommend and what perineum care do you recommend to women who have had a vaginal birth or have who have labored and then had a cesarean? So that's going to be depending on the women's comfort level. There's a lot of women who, you know, when they deliver in the hospital or even at home birth, um, you get your home birth kits, you get these lovely little mesh panties with these humongous pads in them. Some women really, really love them. You are going to want something a little larger than you're used to probably for periods because the bleeding's a little more in the first couple of days than you're probably used to with your periods. For my mom's, I recommend, you know, depends are great. You have to kind of get over the stigma of them. But you know what? They're easy. They're definitely going to contain accidents. You don't have to use them very long. It's usually only for the first couple of days. And they actually tear off at the side. So they're really easy to also take off and on. But typically, my moms usually just prefer to go get the, you know, maximum absorbency sanitary pads that they're used to using during their periods. And that also works just fine. As far as perineal care after the birth. So for the bleeding itself, um, you don't really need to do anything that you wouldn't do during your period. So, you know, you can keep yourself clean. After the birth, usually your care provider will give you a, a peri bottle. And that's a little plastic bottle with a spray top that you can either fill with warm water. Some midwives also recommend herbal sitz baths that they can make up and prepare and put in those bottles. And typically that's used for the first couple of weeks um, when you go to the bathroom and when you take a shower and that type of thing. And it's a way to irrigate that whole area without really putting any pressure on it because our bottoms are very, very sore after birth um, if you've had a vaginal birth. And so it's a way to just cleanse the area, you know, make sure that um, you're changing your pads very frequently so that you are keeping that area pretty clean. But, you know, our bodies are designed to stretch and tear and heal very well after birth. And so um, as long as we can kind of allow our bodies to do that healing process, um, everything usually heals up just fine. 
Panelists, what did you use during your postpartum bleeding and what did you find that was effective in your recovery and containing your bleeding? I used just regular, like, I don't even know what the brand was, like the super size pads. Um, I packed one package, like the small package, in um, my hospital bag. And like I said, I didn't think that I was going to bleed that much. And my husband ended up having to go buy the, like, huge box um, from the drugstore before I even got discharged from the hospital. But they seemed to work. The mesh panties were good, too. And uh, Graham? I had a wonderful nurse when I was in the hospital who gave me pretty much the best advice that I tell all moms who are pregnant. She said, we're going to keep giving you these pads as long as you keep asking for them. So every time I bring you some, go ahead and put some in your bag and then use some while you're here at the hospital. Um, Because once you get home, you're never going to find pads that are this absorbent. And I really didn't. The ones from the hospital were just amazing. I loved them. (laughs) Um, And this second time, I was much better at stashing them away. I hope they're not going to come after me now that this is being broadcast. So yeah, it was mesh panties and the hospital pads. And then once I got home, I did do the Depends because I was just recovering from the C-section and it was so much easier. It was just simpler for me. Um, But I do tell all pregnant moms, when you are in that hospital and they're bringing you the pads that they bring you there, go ahead and start putting those in your bag, stash them away and stash the mesh panties too um, so that you have a supply for when you get home. Yeah, I really liked the mesh panties. Yeah, they're they're (laughs) awesome. They're actually... They're actually very comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah, really good stuff. When we come back, we will continue our discussion about postpartum periods. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. We are talking with licensed midwife Christy Lewis about postpartum periods. Christy, when do most women have their first postpartum period who are exclusively breastfeeding, or is there absolutely no standard? So for women who are exclusively breastfeeding, and when I say exclusively breastfeeding, I mean that you are feeding on demand and that you are also feeding your baby through the night. So that comes typically to about four hours during the day and six hours during the night. If you're doing that and you're exclusive breastfeeding, then you can go up to six months and longer um, without having a period. And this is because when we are breastfeeding, the hormones that are involved in producing breast milk and letdown are actually preventing the hormones that trigger ovulation. And so it actually also works as a kind of contraception. There are a lot of traditional societies in our world that where they have little access to contraception and exclusively breastfeeding is the standard that we see this natural baby spacing of every two to three years. And that's because those hormones are doing a really good job at preventing our ovulation from happening at least to that first six months. But it's actually pretty normal to go a year if you are really um, doing that exclusive breastfeeding or just barely supplementing after the six months. Yeah, but it is very different for every woman. Panelists, when did you get your first postpartum period and how did you feel? Let's start with Jenny. I am still going strong with none at 18 months. And I'm kind Lucky of terrified. <laughs> Except I'm terrified that I'm going to wear like white pants to the mall one day and it's going to get me. And I'm just going to have to call my husband sobbing, being like, code red, code red. 
<laughs> I know. It, you know, it's kind of like that thing when you're pregnant and you're so terrified that your, your water's going to break like anywhere, yeah. like in the middle of the grocery store. And then it's true. You do. You don't know when you're going to just have like exactly. random breakthrough bleeding. Yeah, you're right. I'm living on the edge right now. Living on the edge. You are living on the edge. You- Black leggings for life. <laughs> <laughs> but really like yoga pants are the mom uniform, aren't they? It's true. And Graham, how, what was your experience? Well, so far with the second one, nothing. And I'm very excited about that. Um, but I am exclusively breastfeeding and I'm, and I'm breastfeeding on demand. So that's probably why. With my first, with my son, yeah, I was pumping and I thought maybe that would give me like some extra time. And it didn't. It didn't. It wasn't any different than a normal period, though. It was, I've heard, you know, stories from people where like they were horrible or they were super light. It was just like my body just starting back up again and going, okay, we're doing this now. So it was pretty much what I expected. I can actually chime in on this too because, uh, so I have four kiddos and, uh, the only thing I really remember with my last two, my twins, <laughs> but it was kind of like Jenny, like I, had no period. I think it was up to two years. I think I was pushing two years before I got my period. I hate you guys so much right now. (laughs) No, but like I was, I was kind of on edge too, because you just don't know when it's going to come back and you know, it's going to be something horrible and embarrassing when it does, because you're not going to be prepared for it. Okay. So it took me up to like two years to get my period back, uh, which was fine because we weren't planning to have any more babies or whatever. But my issue now is that my period is horrible. Like I, I I was one of those people that everybody hated where I had, oh, it was like a period that was like three days and, you know, and then it was bye-bye and like it wasn't even heavy and I didn't get menstrual cramps. And now I am paying for it, you guys. I am totally paying for all the years of easy periods because now it is at least a week I don't even have a month in between. My husband jokes that I get a period every two weeks. And I, like that that's like Yeah, that, that's not that's fun. not fun. But that's also that's, that's not also fun not at really all. true. But it, it 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 is usually like every three weeks. I'm not kidding. And my cycle is all off. And and now, you know, I mean, I guess it's I've only had my period maybe I don't know, five or six times for you know, five or six months or whatever. But it, it's still it. I seriously want to get on some sort of medication or birth control. Not that we need it because my husband had a vasectomy, but I I want my period to go away now because I just can't control it. It is super heavy and it hurts and it's long and it's the most miserable thing I've ever experienced in my life. I feel bad for all the ladies out there that have had to deal with this their whole life. Yeah, no, that that does not sound like anything I'd want to experience. No, I mean, I exclusively breastfed my kiddos and... I still, no matter how often baby was breastfeeding and with my second son, he was like an every 45 minute to an hour kid. The kid just wanted to live on the boob the whole time. And I always got my period back at nine months, just always never varied. Just, you know, that's my time for my body to go, okay, time to get pregnant again. Um, Although I'm sure we'll talk about that later. (laughs) But yeah, that was my body's like, okay, I'm ready to do this again thing. And Christy, are there any hormonal changes that are unique to this first period? And what can a woman do to feel better during her first postpartum period? Well, like you said, sometimes the first period back is a little bit of a surprise for all moms, because we really don't know what to expect. Your hormones are, you know, restarting their cycle. And so for some moms, it can be anywhere from really light 
kind of spotty periods to really super heavy. Typically, you know, you need a couple cycles before you really know what your body is going to be doing now. You know, I've had moms who had horrible periods and we're not super regular to after having that first baby, everything kind of clicks into place. So now they have really regular cycles and a lot less cramping. And then <laughs> like you mentioned that there's, it goes the opposite way sometimes. And all of a sudden what were really easy cycles for you are now really heavy periods there. Um, they come super frequently. So, you know, what I can suggest is First of all, you know, make sure that you're eating well. You know, I think that diet has a lot to do with how our bodies are experiencing our periods, you know, and sometimes with new mommies, I know the sleep is, is an issue and getting adequate nutrition is sometimes on the go when you're t- chasing after children is an issue. But, you know, always look at your diet, see what improvements you can make there. You know, typically when we become new moms, we become new people and everything like our whole world kind of has a new perspective and a new we're kind of new people living it. Hot packs can be wonderful for cramping. Um, try to get some extra child care, you know, get grandma to watch the kids on some afternoons when you know you're going to be expecting your period. Have daddy step in to, to help as well. Christy, what are some of the signs of fertility that mothers who are sexually active before the return of their period should be aware of? It's kind of a dangerous question because there really aren't any. You know, if you are... Um, I tell my women, you know, at the end of that six-week postpartum period, that's when our bodies are kind of ready to make another baby. And so if you are not exclusively breastfeeding, you can have a fertility cycle as early as three weeks after the birth. I know plenty of moms who have gotten pregnant after the birth of their baby without any signs and symptoms of having a period. They just ovulated and they're feeling good and frisky and they want to have some time with their man and oops, we have a baby again. So I I really counsel women that if you are not exclusively breastfeeding at any time after six weeks, you really need to to think about contraception. If you do not want to be pregnant right away again, and you still haven't had your period, it doesn't mean that you can't get pregnant. It really does happen kind of often. If you are exclusively breastfeeding, then after six months is when we really want to start thinking about when do I want to have another child? Do I want to have another child? And and how um, would I prevent getting pregnant if I didn't want to be pregnant? Because we have to just kind of think in the back of our heads, we can be pregnant even without that first period. And I kind of had some experience with that personally, because that's how we got pregnant with number three, because I wasn't a doula then. I didn't know everything that I know now. So we were exclusively breastfeeding my second, you know, my son and I, and at 10 months postpartum, I got pregnant with my third. So I, that's how I ended up with three kids, three and under. So (laughs) buyer beware. (laughs) Thank you so much, Christy, and our wonderful panelists for joining us today in our discussion about postpartum bleeding and the first postpartum period. And for our Newbies Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of this show, as Christy will share some of her homeopathic tips for PMS and cramp remedies, which, you know, you don't want to miss. That's really, really good stuff. For more information about the Newbies Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com.
Okay, so before we wrap up today's show, we do have a question for one of our experts, and this comes from Hannah. So as you guys know, we love to get your questions, and we've got a team of experts that can answer these questions. And so this is what Hannah wrote. Hannah says, I have a question about getting pregnant shortly after having your baby. I'm only a couple months postpartum, and my husband and I uh, don't want to get pregnant again right away, but we also don't want to use condoms if we don't have to. I understand that. Is there another form of birth control that's simple to use and won't have any lasting effects on my ability to conceive again when we're ready. So she doesn't want to use condoms. And I know I know what she's talking about with the whole, you know, something prohibiting you from getting pregnant again. You hear these stories about women, you know, not being able to conceive after being on, you know, the pill or something like that for a long time. So we'll check in with our experts and see what they have to say. Hi, Hannah. This is Dr. Nick Capitanakis. I'm an OBGYN in San Diego, California, and I got your question and I wanted to just answer it for you. During the postpartum period, if you are breastfeeding and you're exclusively breastfeeding and you're breastfeeding every two to three hours, even throughout the night, then it's usually enough to suppress ovulation, meaning most women won't get pregnant in the postpartum period. However, we always talk to patients that exclusively breastfeeding is not a form of birth control and it's not 100% reliable. Although it can prevent ovulation, there are plenty of times when you can't ovulate even while you're breastfeeding and still get pregnant and end up having kids that are 13, 14, 15 months apart. The other tricky thing is that you can ovulate without a period. And that's tough because for some women that use a regular calendar, if you will, to track their periods and know when they're ovulating and avoid intercourse, that doesn't happen very easily in the postpartum period because your periods aren't normal. So we can't even rely on a regular calendar to prevent pregnancy by not having intercourse during the most likely time when you're ovulating because your periods are irregular. So we can't even rely on that method. If you are exclusively breastfeeding, we try not to give estrogen. Estrogen is found in most birth control pills and also the NuvaRing. So we're really limited to condoms. There is one pill called the mini pill or Micronor that's progesterone only, and it should not affect your breastfeeding. And then you have IUDs. IUDs are little devices that get placed into the uterus. There are two different kinds. There is a hormone-containing one called the Marina or the Skyla, and there's a copper IUD that has no hormone that has copper. The copper IUD is good for 10 years, and the Marina is good for five years. There's also called the Skyla which has hormones, uh, about half the amount of the marina, and that one's good for three years. So the IUD should not affect how quickly you get pregnant. When you take a oral pill, and sometimes if it suppresses ovulation, then it may take a little bit more time for your periods to come back. It sounds like you guys would like to have kids a little bit closer than far away. So uh, unfortunately, condoms would be an option. IUDs in the short term are always an option, but we kind of think of those as a little bit more long term, preferably around that year mark. However, you can keep an IUD in as long as you want and go from there. I hope that answers your question. It's not a very easy question for those moms that are trying to not do anything that's going to affect their fertility, but yet have some protection. So condoms might be the best choice, or you say, hey, we're just going to kind of see what happens, and if we have kids that are close, we're okay with that. 
But that really just depends on you guys. Hope you're having a great day, and give us a call if you have any more questions. Thanks. Bye. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Newbies. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, parent savers for moms and dads with infants and toddlers, the boob group for moms who breastfeed, and twin talks for parents of multiples. Thanks for listening to Newbies, your go-to source for new moms and new babies. This has been a New Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.